Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Alice. Uh, And today I'm going to talk about the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning in the field of astronomy. So, first of all, I will not be focusing too much on, like, artificial intelligence, but machine learning is actually a subset of artificial intelligence. So, while I will be focusing more on machine learning, it is still technically artificial intelligence in some way, shape, or form. But so machine learning essentially trains a computer to make predictions and decisions based on sample data, but it hasn't explicitly been coded to perform said task. Sort of the part of learning, I'm presuming. (laughs) Yes! So machine learning is actually a very broad term for many different types of programs, but they often do kind of like live in the same vein. They have kind of the same idea. Same umbrella. Yeah, they're trained to find patterns of data. Like, for instance, a self-driving car has sensors and the car must make decisions based on what those sensors have. And a lot of them do learn from what it senses and takes in. And so that it can, like, help avoid situations that could be dangerous or, like, prevent situations in the future. A way to explain machine learning is, like, I always give the cat and dog picture example. So you give a machine or like a program lots of different examples of a lot of different pictures of like cats or dogs or even other ones. And then if it identifies it as a dog and it is a dog, then it'll be like, okay, yes, that's correct. And so that line will improve. And so first it's just guessing in the dark. It's like, okay, this this is probably just one or the other. But with like the as you get more data it's, yeah it's, it, it, gets it gets more gets accurate, more right? accurate. Yeah. yeah so it, it learns essentially which makes sense yeah and so the it like reinforces what's correct and like cuts off where it's not correct this can help it eventually make like decisions on whether something is something or not um And so that actually brings it closer to artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence is generally considered programs that can make like decisions based on data it was given. So currently, it's not really going in the direction of what most people think. Like, you know, most people think, oh yeah, like Matrix or Star Wars, that's where we're going with it. And probably, you know, (laughs) kind of, but not really. And I mean, going off of that Matrix example, I know that in the Matrix, obviously, you have this sort of AI program that has its own consciousness, it's developed its almost like own separate beings within its own virtual reality, and some of those consciousness is able to split off and make its own subset and make its own thing and then come out and even manifest itself in the real world. So based off of that, how much of that is actually, you know, artificial intelligence in the real world? Yeah, so I'm sure that there are people who are like working on that, but like for the most part, it's not really that way. So it's like, For one, progress has been, like, a lot slower than originally anticipated. People expected things to, like, go really fast. Yeah. However, there have been, like, a fair amount of roadblocks, but it's less like a human mind where it, like, takes in lots of data for all sorts of different things and makes, like, choices based on different things. But this one, it's less motivations and it more, like, looks at data in a specific field. Like, for instance, there was a machine that was programmed to learn how to play Go. It's a very popular Asian game, and it's actually kind of popular in Europe, I think, too, but largely in Asia. And so it's more difficult and you need more creativity than in chess. Everyone thought, like, oh, no, it's not possible to ever, like, program 
something that will play Go because it's so complex yeah. and you need to be like creative. But um, they actually made a machine that learned how to do it, played against masters, and actually like won two out of three times against like nice. the world champion. Wow. Yeah. So you can definitely program creativity in a way. <laughs> yeah, but it's like very specific to that thing. Yeah, if you took that machine and put it into another situation where it maybe had to paint a picture or something like that, it probably wouldn't do as well. No. <laughs> then we can look at astronomy. So there's already tech that's used in astronomy, obviously. People already know like satellites, they take in images, and like there's different like sensors and satellites yeah. and there observatories. Are, yeah, too. and they also use like simulations to guess how things are done and just like imaging, communications, etc. But for machine learning and maybe eventually artificial intelligence in astronomy, then a lot of it is going to be used to like sort through data and like discover things from it. So like things that it can discover are like, for example, like extrasolar planets, uh, quasars, which are quasi stellar radio sources, gravitationally lens systems. It can be used to forecast solar activity and it can even distinguish between signals and instrumental effects in gravitational wave astronomy because it'll learn what effects those cause and it can kind of like prepare for it. And then for sorting through the data, astronomers collect so much data. Just at the end of the 20th century, so this is 20 years ago, they already got to 100 terabytes of data. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so for reference, one terabyte is 1,000 gigabytes. And for a gigabyte, an iPhone 12, which was released in 2020, has a median of about 128 gigabytes of data. So, factors of difference. That's a lot of iPhones. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and so, the problem is, you're just collecting stuff from so many different sources, like satellites, rovers, just all of that stuff. And you need all that data. You need lots mm -hmm. of data for everything. But like, you know... <laughs> the human eye isn't exactly the most efficient instrument that we have. <laughs> yeah! lead to, you know, more than a few problems. <laughs> How far would you say that this analysis has extended? Because I know you talked a little bit about, like, extrasolar systems. How far has that gone? Have we gone past our own galaxy with that? You know, what has been the main areas of study that we've used this machine learning for so far? A lot of the planets within the solar system are usually found via radar, and we already know a lot about our solar system because we've been studying yeah, it know. for like we centuries. Live here. Yeah, we live here. We have a little bit of information on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we obviously do have some stuff, but I think a lot of the machine learning is going to be used like outside of the solar system. Like, for instance, one of the ways that they find planets is by taking the data from the brightness of stars and seeing when it dims and such and like at what periods, all that, so that they know when there's a planet like in front of it. You need lots of data to know the size, the... Sometimes shape, like shape. is it actually a planet? <laughs> yeah, and also like how many planets are in the area, yeah. because obviously our solar system is somewhat of an anomaly, but it's not that so there much of an anomaly. There, there, there anomaly. are a lot of planets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so we can figure out, like, many with many years of data, like, how near it is to the sun, how big it is, um, how fast it goes around, usually what's made of as well, enough information. 
but at this point it's kind of impossible for humans to sort through it all like it's yeah you just can't um i mean going back that's a lot of iphones and so looking at <laughs> i mean if that's made up entirely of pictures it takes you forever to scroll through just a hundred of those so imagine looking for those minute details that may or may not be there with the human eye yeah and then it's just like humans are also like they need breaks and mm -hmm. rest and they need not to do things sometimes because sometimes you just like gotta walk away for a little bit. It, it's probably a lot more cost effective too I would imagine as expensive as machines are to not employ a bunch of humans uh, yeah. to go through these terabytes of data for you know decades sometimes. Yeah but I think at this point I think at this point it's also a little bit like yeah so even if you get like all the people who know enough astronomy to like figure out all this stuff then like I don't think that they have enough brain power yeah. or time to sort through it all already. Yeah, no, and it's, we're just <laughs> gathering information. It's so a lot. Fast. Yeah, it's a, a lot of time for you know humans, and also a lot of information, and also they can't you know unless they're congregating on a daily basis and somehow sharing a collective hive mind. It's not like they can really learn in the same way that you know machine learning works either. Yeah, because it can take in a lot of that information. Yeah. And obviously human mind is very complex and we can take in a lot of information and take in information outside of it that can help. But it's still like at this point, it's probably more effective to just take this. Moving on from exoplanets, is there anywhere else that this technology has been used? So it can be used for like lots of things. And so like obviously the planet finding and it can also find other things and it can possibly like predict supernovas or like other such things interesting so it's probably going to be best for figuring out things outside of the solar system because yeah. it's you just get a lot more data from outside and then you also just need a lot of data for like all those conclusions and then you can also take like signals from gravitational waves and such and then take those in and like interpret them eventually hopefully like in a way that will make sense to us and help with our knowledge of the universe. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I would say uh the next question that you know probably a lot of people have is obviously it's been pretty recent, but where do you see this going within the next few years and really, you know, do you have any, I guess, timeline, if you will? Vague enough, obviously. Yeah, so, like, people have been thinking about, like, artificial intelligence for a long time. And I think that astronomers really started thinking about it when, like, technology started to become really, like, a thing. So, and, like, in the 90s, I think I've seen some papers about how artificial intelligence could help. Gotcha. And that's around when it was, like, really popularized. Yeah, yeah I mean, the whole tech boom and everything that was yeah. just happening during that era anyway. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the more practical applications and the ability to use it have come in the more recent because you can store more data, you can like make more programs to sort through data. We have a lot more like precedents and everything like that. And I'd say like in the near future, there's going to be a lot of uptick because there are a lot of different areas that are using this like the medical uh, yeah. field there's the there's obviously just like technology i know that there are a lot of businesses yeah like, i know uh, some warehouses as well are thinking of using it for you know storage like amazon for example yeah and so with all of these different 
places looking into it, we can kind of share knowledge and like see like, oh, this is a different way of going about things. And oh, this is like something that we can do or look into or apply while it was maybe made for something else, we can apply it yeah. to ours, like how a lot of technology yeah, is. Yeah, sort of that almost interdisciplinary sort of knowledge sharing. That way everyone kind of benefits and things just move along more quickly. And, yeah. you know, adding a bit of creativity to the process in mm-hmm. a way. And as things like develop and like knowledge develops, things will speed up and they're already speeding up. And obviously there are roadblocks and stuff, but yeah. it's still like... <laughs> technology is still advancing far faster than it ever has. It's just like... I mean, just look at the iPhones. I mean, gosh, like 20 years ago, that wasn't really a thing. And now looking here, pretty much everyone has one. We've got Face ID, which evolved from Touch ID and, you know, all of these different programs, which is pretty amazing to think about. Yeah, and I mean, my phone from just like a couple years ago, it had 16 gigabytes of space. And now I have... A lot more. <laughs> yeah. I know you can get up past, I think, 200 in some cases if you really want to pay yeah, for it. Yeah, 256 yep. is usually the standard. And it's just getting faster and better. And Yeah. There's yeah. a reason why there's a new iPhone every year. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time.